You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. If y'all could talk, that'd be better. It's just painfully <laughs> quiet right now. I just so feel very anxious. If y'all could make a little noise, that would be, please, that would be preferable. I know, exactly. I just like, I felt pretty good until it got so quiet. Um, well, uh, let me let me pray uh, as we gather now. Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks and we give you great praise that you have gathered us together at this time. And we do indeed pray that you would be in the midst of us. And as always, um, I do pray and recognize um, not the need for my word to go forth, but but your word, because your word is a living word. Uh, it does not return to you empty. Uh, and your word is the word we uh, we long for uh, and, and we crave to hear. And so I pray that you would speak to us uh, at this time uh, and that you would that you'd bring uh, the bomb, which we spoke of just a moment ago, that you would uh, fill in the, the cracks and the crevices uh, and the voids, that you'd strengthen, that you'd sustain, uh, that you'd prune, that you'd do everything necessary and that you'd wonderfully always draw us to you and to one another. And all this I ask and offer now in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been, um, it's been fun to spend. Uh, I know some of you have been able to be here most weeks or, or just this week or what have you, but it's been great to have the opportunity to spend these last few weeks together um, reflecting on some different things. And um, one of the, I thought uh, just for a moment, if, uh, it's funny because I was thinking back to where we started uh, four weeks ago. That just seems like a years ago. Is it, is it just me or does that seem like years ago? And, and well, I was going to say, if I left any um, loose ends, let me just say I've left lots of loose ends. Um, and so if there's anything uh, as we reflect today, any any questions or comments you'll have about the past few times, because um, I always run out of time. Um, and so, and even, you can give me all the time in the world, um, and I would still have loose ends. But um, anything we've talked about, certainly welcome uh, your comments or, or your questions on. And, and I'll say this, one of the things I've hoped to do with the recognition that, yeah, um, uh, yeah li- life is messy and, I, and I, uh, I wouldn't be able to tie it up in a neat bow with you anyway, but, but hopefully what I've been able to do over the past few weeks is to give you some things to reflect on and to continue um, to reflect on and hopefully some things to engage and not engage my ideas, but, but engage ultimately what they might have said about God. Uh, and what they might have led you to reflect on as far as the character of God and God's love and grace and concern and presence in yours and, and yours in my life uh, as, as well. Well, that's every person that comes into that door. Um, I've done it. Uh, it's a rite of passage. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, hopefully uh, some, some words of context. So I'll tell you, um, and among the things, and this is something that's always going to be true, um, at least from me, that they, they say that um, preachers basically have a sermon um, that, they, that they repeat in different manifestations um, repeatedly. Um, and, and I think that's reasonably accurate. Um, and to some degree, hopefully part of what we've been 
reflecting on, even though you know we've we've drawn from uh, the, the we've drawn from the parables, we've drawn from uh, the story of Gideon, we've drawn from um, Hosea, and uh, again and again, one of the things that we're drawn to, and, and quite frankly, the, the drum I beat repeatedly, um, is I think it's uh, it's it's liberating and freeing for us to hear and to reflect on our dependence upon God, uh, to begin with our our dependence upon God. Um, um, our dependence upon God, the amazing and the gracious um, character of God and of his sufficiency. Uh, and quite frankly, if if I can help us to prayerfully reflect on, on that in our lives, that's uh, I'm, I'm actually very, very content uh, and very satisfied. Uh, our, our dependency upon God, uh, the gracious um, character of God, and, and quite frankly, his um, sufficiency. And I'll say this lastly before we jump in. Um, I, I remember... Uh, reading some different commentaries on the parables uh, years ago. And uh, if you're anything like me, I think uh, there can be sometimes a misunderstanding of the parables in that, um, you know, the parables are great stories that Jesus told to help uh, convey truths to you and to me and to make them more accessible, uh, the truth of God and the character of God more accessible, easier to understand, easier to apply to our lives. But if you read through the parables, sometimes you see Jesus sometimes seems to use these stories and these parables to make things obscure. Um, sometimes they seem more opaque than clear uh, after you've encountered the parables, and you know it kind of leaves you with uh, wondering. So, so what gives? You know, why, why is that, God? What are you, what are you doing in that? And one of the, some of the different commentaries. One of the things that I found most uh, satisfying, not in the sense of comforting, but satisfying in the sense of yes, I think they're onto something. Was saying that to some degree what Jesus invites us into, what God invites us into, of course, is a relationship. Uh, and, and challenging parables are sometimes good ways um, for you and for me um, to grapple with something. Uh, and, and quite frankly, to grapple um, with the person. As you know, sometimes in your life, in your relationships, the people that you've really grown, grown close to, the people that you've had to sort of grapple with and, 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 and contend with, you end up with a deeper relationship with them uh, and a deeper understanding of them than if it was everything was just sort of easy. Um, and sometimes that keeps us on the surface. And so the parables can sometimes be a means by which God challenges us and calls us um, to uh, grapple. And so uh, hopefully over these past few weeks, we've given some things for you to uh, reflect on and to think about and, and hopefully to continue uh, to contend with. Well, I'm going to share some different uh, reflections, some different vignettes today, but we need a text um, always. And so um, really it's a, it's a short one for us to draw from today, and it's from the fourth chapter of Philippians. Um, so the fourth chapter of Philippians, uh, let me, and th- again, this is, um, this, this is intended for a response unless I don't get one. Um, when, when you think of Philippians 4, what do you think of? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Good, thanks. Yeah, y'all are killing it. Good. Stay with it. That's good. Yeah. We're, you know, re- rejoice in the Lord always, um, you know, as, as be anxious for nothing. Exactly. Um, uh, Yodia and Sintik, um, perhaps you remember those. Uh, there was uh, uh, there was division uh, within the church. Uh, and, and yeah, I was going to say in Philippi, but you could just say there was division within the church and just full stop. Um, that, that's that's a given because people. Uh, sinners um, uh, make up churches, and so and 
Philippians, as you remember, is one of Paul's prison epistles. It's a letter that's full of joy and rejoicing and, uh, and thanksgiving. But it's also uh, Paul gives... Paul gives words uh, of warning um, in this as well. Warning in the sense of desiring us um, not to be led astray. Uh, and in fact, uh, in chapter 3, um, it's, it's, it's great. It begins chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Uh, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. And then right after that, but look out for those dogs. Um, look out for the evildoers, those uh, who mutilate the flesh. I think that could be a saying for Christianity. Rejoice in the Lord, look out for the dogs. Um, those who would lead um, you astray, Paul is saying. But we get to chapter 4, uh, and of course are those wonderful words, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. This is 4.4. Four. Let your reasonableness, uh, in the ESV and NIV and some of the others, let your gentleness, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking, and this is, this is our verse for today, and so the, the, the topic for today um, is contentment. Um, the topic for today um, is con is uh, is contentment um, and, and the the ever uh, elusive state uh, of of being uh, content uh, and and being at at peace um, and I you know certainly in our you know in our, in our time um, it's, uh, I hadn't intended to talk about um, grocery stores but um, uh, you know it's funny when when we first moved here. Uh, the, the, the Piggly Wiggly on 31 is, uh, you know, I, I pass by it um, every day, and at first I, I really didn't like it. Um, I was not a fan of the Piggly Wiggly on 31. Um, I know the family. My sons play ball with the family. Nice family. I like the family. Didn't, didn't really care for the store. Um, it, it, not that I'm a big grocery store guy, but anyway, I just I, 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 I didn't like it. Um, and you know what I didn't like about it? Um, I'll tell you, um, I, I didn't like the limited selection. Um, you know, again, it's uh, I just you know I, I wanted I wanted more selection. I wanted more variety. Let me just say, as time goes on, now I love the pig. Um, I love the pig, and you know why? Uh, because there's a limited selection. It's funny. I mean, how I'm like, you know what? This store is awesome. I'm like, you know what? If you don't like that mayonnaise, well. Don't have any. Uh, this is, you know, you've got Dukes, you have Hellman's or whatever it is. You know, it's just, it's nice to say, because, you know, you go in other places and it's, that's part of the challenge of our society, I think, that leads to our discontent is we have this plethora of, of choices. And after a while, you're like, this is overwhelming. I'm exhausted um, by all the choices and all all the options I have. Yes, sir. Some people say that uh, the, the letter to Philippi is like uh, 
a challenge that sometimes we have a tendency to treat our faith and our love like a salad bar. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a salad bar and you think you love people because you had the pickles, but because you don't want the onions, but you had the pickles, you still love. Yes. And, you know, that letter was a, a, a reaffirmation of that it's either all or none. It's not a simplistic uh, where you get to pick and choose what grace is or what patience is. Indeed. It's either all-encompassing or it's non-encompassing. Yeah. You know, when they had the, uh, unfortunately, the religions that were still an issue in the church, uh, not just for that church in that area, and then you had Polycarp, who was really instrumental in coming in and trying to help Paul kind of clear the feel of that. And he said it best when he said that, you know, it's it's either something you do 100%, but he used another Greek word, which means mm-hmm. it's either all of it or it's something that you don't do, even if you yeah. think you did. Yeah. We appreciate that. Last week, we, for those of you who are here in some word, um, we talked about Hosea, and we went through um, Hosea the prophet, and um, the the nature of God that's revealed by by Hosea, it's uh, it's not a, a simple um, naive understanding of God, and it's not like a salad bar. You know, I like the I like the nice God, um, or I like the judging God. Um, you know, the the, the complexity of the nature of God and the complexity of the Christian life. And actually, one of the, um, uh, I had it uh, on my phone here. I was going to share a quote probably this morning um, from Karl Barth uh, back in the 60s. He was speaking at Princeton Seminary, and uh, a young one of the young uh, seminarians, um, I say young, maybe they weren't young, just assume they were um, young, asked him a, a, a question about ministry. And, and one of the things, um, well, let me just, let me let me read you um, let me read you what he said here, um, uh, because it does speak to uh, the nature. Um, this is on being a on being a pastor today, but it's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about as well. Not just being a pastor, but uh, being being Christians uh, and what that looks like, uh, and what some of these truths might look like as they hopefully flow down into our into our relationships into the way that we view the world. So the student asked this question of, of Karl Barth. And, and Barth was a, um, uh, was a, was a uh, theologian. Um, and um, you know, his, um, one of the things that Barth was really known for, he wrote a commentary uh, on the letter of Paul to the Romans. And that was um, someone described one time as a, a bombshell dropped on the playground of the theologians. It's a great, it's a great saying. Um, well, anyway, um, Bart must be okay because Mark Genelette likes him. Um, so, so the student says this to Bart. What one thing, sir, would you tell a young pastor today if you're asked is necessary in this day and age to pastor a church? And so what I'd say is um, what he's sharing, I think, is pertinent to any of us um, who are Christians. And Bart responds, aha, so big a question. That is the whole question of theology, you see. I should say, I hope that during your studies you have visited yourself earnestly with the message uh, of the Old uh, Testament and of the New Testament. And not only of this message, but also of the object and the subject of this message. That's an important point. Not just the old, but, but the object and the subject of this message, which is, uh, of course, God, which is, of course, Jesus. And I would ask you, are, are you trained um, to visit not only yourself now, but a congregation with what you have learned uh, out of the Bible uh, and uh uh, okay, hang on. Uh, I just actually uh, pressed the wrong button, and uh, if you'll wait while I scroll through 
10 years uh, of photographs. I'm sure there's a way to actually, this is embarrassing. This, you know, as y'all know, this stuff rarely happens to me. Um, so, yeah, y'all just. Yeah, exactly. Oh, here we go. Um, uh, uh, okay, so yeah, so here, so here we go. Um, to history and dogmatics and so on. Having to say something, having to say that thing. And then the other question are, and this is, I think, the, the big thing, um, it, and, it, and it ties into our being content as well, uh, thinking about relationships, uh, what God has visited upon us with his grace and how that might indeed direct us in our relating to other people. So this is what uh, Bart said that I think is so great. Um, and then the other question, are you willing now to deal with humanity as it is? Are you willing now to deal with humanity as it is? It's kind of like saying, are you willing to deal with the people in your life uh, and in your family and that you work with and that you know you sit next to in Sunday school class or what have you um, as as they are, not as you not as you want them to be, not as you'd like for them to be. Are, are you willing? Are you willing and ready to deal with them um, as uh, as they are? Because you know, obviously, we we tend to want to give. Um, qualified grace and qualified love or manipulative grace, uh, uh, manipulative love. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do this once you do this or stop. You know, that's, you know, uh, there, there it is. And it's not to say we shouldn't be concerned about things that we or others that are doing that are destructive. But one of the things that we see is uh, the way in which God seeks us, the way um, it, it's not, he doesn't seek us once we've, uh, changed our behavior enough because he, otherwise he wouldn't seek us. So here's what Bart says. Um, Are you willing now to deal with humanity as it is? Humanity in this 20th century with all its passions, sufferings, errors, and so on. And then this he says as well. Um, do you like them, these people? Not only the good Christians, but do you like people as they are? People in their weaknesses. Do you like them? Do you love them? And are you willing to tell them the message that God is not against them but for them? That's the one real thing in pastoral service, and that is the question for you. If you go into ministry to do that work, pray earnestly. You'll do difficult uh, but beautiful um, work. Uh, and as I, say, I think that, again, that you can pull pastor um, out of that as, as we're called to be Christians who live in relationship with one another. Are you, are you, are you prepared? Um, yeah, again, not just blanket agreement. We know that's not going to happen. But are you prepared to like and to love people um, as um, as as they are um, in their um, in their weaknesses? Are you prepared to like them, uh, and are you prepared um, to love them? So we get to this um, verse uh, that I really want to reflect on uh, as Paul gives thanks for their showing their concern. And then in 4.11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, um, for I have learned in whatever situation I am um, to be content. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation uh, I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, that great verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that we, that we think about, that we know, that, um, that we love. But, but before that, he talks about 
the variety of the situations in life, being in plenty uh, and being in want, being in good situations, being um, in difficult situations. Uh, I've learned uh, in whatever situation I am um, to be uh, to be content. Uh, that 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 great. Um, what do you what do you think about that? Let me just throw that out there. I know what it is to be in plenty. I know what it is to be one. I've learned the secret of being content in any in every situation. Now, I'll tell you, look at a time try to decide one or two stories. Um, so a buddy of mine, one of the most wonderful, faithful guys I know, um, and um, really is a, an honest, um, sometimes, sometimes painfully honest. Um, he's one of those guys that... Um, in a good way, doesn't have a filter, but makes you uncomfortable. You're just like, well, that's a lot of sharing. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, can we keep it a little more on the surface here? Um, he's he's very very honest about his challenges, about his struggles. Uh, he he loves the Lord. is a is a faithful guy, and and he and his wife. Um, God, I could say so much. A little background. So um, he's one of my best buds. So he and his wife tried for 16 years to have kids to no avail. Um, uh, and then in the span of uh, two years, they had two sets of twins. Um, I know what it is to be in plenty. I know what it is to be in want. Um, so, you know, you know, longing, longing, longing. Um, then I was in the span of two years, four kids. Um, bam. Um, and so um, they were, um, I, I've told this story before. So they're moving from Charleston back to their uh, native land of Virginia. They were returning home, and uh, they are beautiful, creative people, but they are procrastinators, and they're a mess. Um, I mean, they're, they're very artistic, um, and that can be organized, but they're not. So they, they had bought a Suburban, because now they have four kids um, and a mother-in-law that lives with them, um, and also they thought, you know what would be fun to do with four kids? Camping, and so they bought a Gulfstream. Um, so anyway... You know, they thought this is exactly, you know, so that, they hadn't really thought this through. So anyway, they, you know, night before they hadn't gotten organized, they hadn't packed well enough. Well, they start throwing stuff in the, in the trailer, the Airstream trailer, right? Well, you know, there's very specific rules about how much load that can carry, where it needs to be placed, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, they stay up all night throwing stuff in the Gulfstream. They pull out the next morning. My buddy Peter's in the back with the kids uh, and he's, uh, Amy is driving um, and <laughs> Uh, so as they're going, and if any have any of y'all ever driven to Charleston? Um, all right, yeah. So you, yeah, you you know you know well. So there's two lanes in and two lanes out. 26 uh, Highway 26 takes you in and out, and, and there it is. So they're they're heading out 26 uh, on their way, still in Charleston. The Gulfstream, the Airstream starts to um, fishtail, and of course, when it when things start to fishtail, what do you do? You 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 know slam on it, but you accelerate, um, and that actually just so when you're towing a boat or a trailer, you actually you 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 accelerate, and that helps to settle it out. Well, what's what's your nature going to tell you to do? Stop. Yeah, exactly, stop. And so Peter in the back is like, you need to accelerate, you need to accelerate. Um, and Amy's his wife, so what's she doing? She's braking. That's right. Every time he says accelerate, she's uh, she's hitting the brakes. Well, next thing you know, the trailer flips uh, and along with the trailer their car flips uh, and there they are um, flipped over on the you know highway 26 um, two lanes all traffic um, uh, all traffic brought to a halt um, and so 
At that moment, he's thinking, okay, like in the movies, how soon does the car blow up after you, <laughs> after you flip over? You know, these thoughts, you know, first you're disoriented, and then you're thinking, you know, all these thoughts in the movies, when does it blow up, et cetera, et cetera. Well, um, so he's, you know, he's, he's wondering about all of this. And, he, you know, there glass is everywhere. And he says, the next thing he knows, there are people there, and he's handing his children up, you know, out of the car to these people that are coming gathered there to, uh, to help them out. <laughs> and amazingly, wonderfully, um, everyone was fine. Uh, everyone was absolutely fine. Amy had to get a couple stitches in her elbow. That was it, you know, a piece of glass, cut her elbow. But everybody was, everyone was fine. But so my friend, he's like, Craig, he's recounting the story. He's like, Craig, I'm sitting on the side of the road, and I'm looking at the traffic backing up for miles. And I'm just like, oh, oh my gosh, what have I done? And he, and, he, and, and he says, I'm sitting there. He said, it's Craig. It, says, it was as if I heard God saying to me, Peter, you can't take care of yourself, um, but I can. Uh, you can't take care of yourself, but but I can. So this is just we're just warming up here, okay? So this is so they so they you know they have to spend a few days there getting everything patched up. They make the way. They get up there. They had thankfully found someone to rent their home that they weren't able to sell. Well, then he gets a call. Um, the house has termites, um, and so it's like, okay, are you are you kidding me? And, and so he calls me. We're talking about this, and he's like, you know. He's like, Craig, here's the deal. He said, no one's going to lend me the money. He's like, I don't have the money to fix it. Uh, and he's like, no one's going to lend me any money um, to fix it. And if they lent me money, I couldn't pay them. So that's, that's why they're not going to lend me money. Uh, he's like, you know, no one's going to lend me. No one's going to lend me any money. Here's the situation. And and naturally, I mean, what it, what was he doing? The same thing I would have done. You know, just beating himself up. I'm such a loser. I can't believe I let myself get in this situation. I should have had a plan. I should have, you know. You know, if I were if I were a decent person, I wouldn't allow myself to get into this situation. And now, you know, now I'm going to we're going down. Um, we're going down. The family's going down and it's my fault. Um, and, you know, I'm like, I, I'm with you. I'm tracking I, like emotionally. I'm, I'm, I'm tracking right with you. That's exactly where I would be um, in that good, healthy place. Um, so anyway, um, and he, he's telling me this and he said, you know, he said, Greg, then I started to pray about this. And it, I know it sounds cliche, but he said, you know, I started to pray about this and I started to get a sense of peace um, uh, in all of this. And uh, he said, and, and praying and getting the sense of peace. And, and then he said, um, he said, it, it was as if I heard God say to me this, uh, Peter, I love you. I love you. And I've always been with you. I've always been with you. And I'm always going to be with you. And here's the part that I thought was so profound. And I hope you do as well, because I think it's uh, true of us. You know, Peter, I love you. Uh, I mean, I love you. I've always loved you. Uh, I've always been with you. Uh, I'm, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to leave you. Uh, and then he says this, I'll give you the next step. Uh, I'll give you the next step was what he, as he prayed and as he reflected, that's what he heard. And, and here's why I think that's so profound, um, because um, I put myself in my friend's situation what do I want to know? What do you want to know? Let me ask you. The end result, exactly. How's it all going to, I want to know the end result. How's it all going to wrap up? I'll be content if I can know how it's all going to turn out. Um, then I'll be content and then I'll be okay. But th that's, that's not the way it works. Uh, Jesus describes himself as a shepherd. Uh, I am a good shepherd. I know my sheep uh, and I lead you and I call you by name. 
how do you know that I love you? Because I've laid down my life uh, and I've taken it up again. No one takes it from me, Jesus says in John 10. I lay it down of my own accord and I take it up again. Uh, I know my sheep uh, and no one and nothing can snatch my sheep from my hand uh, is what Jesus says. But those words, I'll give you on the next step. And in human nature, we want to know we want to know the final chapter. We want to know how it's all going to how it's all going to wrap up and how all the various pieces are going to come together uh, and then we'll be content. But the contentment comes from uh, knowing the, the nature and the character of our God. It says, you know what? Uh, one, uh, the, the ending has been written and we do know the ending. Um, uh, if you know the, the book of Revelation, if, if you go through and you begin to read in the book of Revelation, obviously there's a lot that's just like, okay, um, whatever. Six eyes and 24 wings. And, you know, it's like, I don't, you know, the head of this and the feet of this. And, I, you know, it's like, you know, Lord, I, I, I want to hear you, but you're losing me. Um, well, and, and to some degree, what Revelation uh, written to the early church is what Revelation says is God wins. Because um, there are certain passages which actually are very clear. Um, God wins. Jesus sits upon the throne uh, and the light that fills that place uh, is, is the light which comes from Jesus. Uh, that's, uh, the place is, is, is suffused with the light um, that comes from Jesus who is in the center of that. And, and, there's, uh, and, uh, and, and we're drawn into that. So we do know the final. We do know that Jesus wins. Jesus' words from the cross, it is finished. And there are certain things, certain endings uh, that, that have been made very clear. And it's actually in the light of that, that Paul is able to say, you know, I've learned to be content. Uh, I know what it is to be in plenty. I know what it is to be in one. I'm going to experience all those things. I'm going to experience hardship uh, and um, challenge in times of struggle. And I'm going to experience, you know, peaceful times and times um, that are good and and, and everywhere in between, times of clarity and times when it's really muddled. Uh, And I've I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Why? Um, Because I know ultimately... Um, ultimately, how uh, how things end up. Well, uh, pragmatically, here's a funny thing. Um, so I'm talking with my buddy, and you know, uh, I'll give you the next step. And so we chat a little more. So yeah, uh, and he told me what the next step was. <laughs> you ready for this? Call the bank. <laughs> you know, we want something. You know, he said you wanted something more spiritual, right? Uh, you know, but no, it's like God's gracious care in the mundane and in the specifics to say, you know what, you're, you're freaking out uh, and you've gone to DEFCON 4. Um, and you know what, first and foremost, just just call them and make that contact. And here's the shocker. They weren't shocked. I mean, this wasn't the first or last time something had happened like that. And it's like, OK, you know what, let's let's figure out a game plan. Let's begin to uh, let's begin to work uh, on this. Uh, let's begin to work on this together. I want to share one other um, uh, a number of different things here. Um, I want to share a, a quote from uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's uh, book, Life Together. Um, this is another, um, you know, this is uh, kind of different um, recommendations as we've gone. I guess some of y'all, pro- I'm certain some of y'all know a lot more about Dietrich Bonhoeffer than I do. And, and for some of you, that might be uh, that might be a new name to you. Um, but, but Bonhoeffer was a, was a pastor, was a theologian 
um, a Christian during the time of the Nazis, um, and he grew up outside of Berlin in the uh, Berlin area, and he was one of those who opposed um, Hitler and the and the Nazi regime um, to the point that he was actually executed. He was hanged as um, the forces were coming in to to liberate um, that particular concentration camp. Uh, you know, such was the such was the spite um, toward him that uh, uh, that he was that he was hanged, that he was martyred um, as the forces were coming in to to, to free. Um, but but Bonhoeffer, uh, you know, wonderfully one as well, who was actually uh, away and had every reason to be away, but intentionally went back, um, uh, went went back, didn't run from um, that, but went back to minister and to speak to uh, that time and that place because he had a contentment. He had a contentment and a security, which you know all the other junk uh, couldn't take away. And, and he writes this about community. And so, again, hopefully, um, being able to communicate some over um, our, our time together, um, you know, our, our, our great need, our, our great um, debt, uh, and yet our even greater Savior, uh, to reflect on God's sufficiency and that living and operating that is not actually debilitating or limiting, it's freeing. Um, it's, it's wonderfully, um, fabulously um, freeing, uh, living in and operating out of God's um, sufficiency and, and thinking about the, you know, the, uh, the vast and complex character and graciousness of God and what it might look like um, for you and for me um, in, in our lives. And uh, in living in Christian community, and so I'm going to read. It's it's a somewhat extended quote, so I, it's not that long. But um, sometimes I read slow, so bear with me. Um, so um, Bonhoeffer begins by quoting Martin Luther. Martin Luther about um, what it looks like to live in relationship with people uh, and to have a, a Christian contentment in that context. And he says this: um, the kingdom is to be in the midst of your enemies. Um, so that's how uh, Luther begins. The kingdom uh, is to be in the midst of your enemies. And it's actually, I, um, maybe I'm a little off, but I find this actually very lightning and encouraging, not heavy. The kingdom is to be in the midst of your enemies. And he who will not suffer this does not want to be of the kingdom of Christ. He wants to be among friends, to sit among roses and lilies, not with the bad people, but the devout people. Oh, you blasphemers and betrayers of Christ. If Christ had done what you were doing, who would ever have been spared? So it begins. It, it begins with that by um, by by Luther saying, you know, no, it's it's actually um, the living in the kingdom, living the Christian life is is not basically just sitting in the midst of all those who like us and agree with us. Um, um, you know what what he describes as as the roses and the lilies, uh, but not with the bad people. Um, but then and I. Uh, I read now from Bonhoeffer, and he goes on, he draws from numerous biblical texts, from Zechariah, from Deuteronomy, Zechariah again, John, uh, Matthew. Um, so rather than stopping to quote those, I'll just say this. Um, I will sow them among the people, and they shall remember me in far countries. According to God's will, Christendom is, sca is a scattered people, scattered like seed into all the kingdoms of the earth. That is its curse and its promise. God's people must dwell in far countries among the unbelievers, but it will be the seed of the kingdom of God in all the world. I will gather them, for I have redeemed them, and they shall return. When will that happen? It has happened in Jesus Christ, who died that he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. 
and it will finally occur visibly at the end of time when the angels of God shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Until then, God's people remain scattered, held together solely in Jesus Christ, having become one in the fact that, dispersed among unbelievers, they remember him uh, in the far countries. Um, so he talks about um, Christian community, what it looks like for you and for me to live as people um, who are Christians and to, and to see to some degree, uh, not because we're fabulous, but because God is, to see ourselves as, as seed, um, which is a seed which is scattered. You know, uh, Jesus uses the analogy of, of light. You know, you're, you're, the, you're the light of the world. Um, he uses the analogy of salt. You're the salt um, of the earth. He uses um, the analogy of leaven. Uh, a little leaven uh, in the lump um, goes, goes a long way, the, the impact. But what I want to, uh, so I want to put that out there for you and for me to begin to think about and reflect on. But also um, this um, tremendous uh, promise uh, is, as well, uh, as he talks about, uh, yes, um, we live in times which are often challenging, which are certainly at times dismaying. <laughs> we live with people, and here's the thing, we live not only with people who are sometimes dismaying to you and to me, but let's be honest, are you ever dismaying to yourself? I mean, often it's like, you know, I kind of have a decent handle on the people around me. It's me. I can't figure myself out. Um, like, I'm a mess. Uh, but the other people around me seem to be doing reasonably um, well. But there's this opportunity to live as people who are, at the end of the day and finally and ultimately, um, content. Uh, content, why? Because we know the love and the grace of God. Content because we know the ultimate and the final victory of God, that he's that, that he's victorious uh, and that you and I, though we may often feel like we're scattered like seeds um, out there, uh, the reality is, is that God um, will um, gather us. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, as he goes on to note, within the community of faith, uh, yes, God will gather us uh, in the final days as he comes uh, and as he gathers uh, his people. But he's actually, um, he's gathered us um, now uh, in the community of faith, uh, that we might actually have the privilege and the opportunity to live in fellowship with one another. Um, there is a gathering which will come ultimately, and there's the gathering um, which happens as we gather together as his people. Um, well, we've run out of time. Um, I'm looking, yeah, there's some things I'd like to share, but... Um, um, well, let me share this finally, because uh, it's time for us to go. Um, in light of what it is um, to be a disciple uh, and to think about this, you know, when you think of disciple, we tend to think of a follower, right, or a doer. Um, a disciple is a doer. A disciple is a follower. Well, if you go, um, actually, we think about it as, um, but in the New Testament, uh, and this is the last thing I'll say to you today, Maybe um, in the New Testament, a disciple is someone who submits to learning the new life that God reveals to believers in Jesus Christ. Let me read that to you again. Um, in the New Testament, a disciple is someone who submits to learning the new life that God reveals to believers in Jesus Christ. And so, to some degree, that's what I hope to offer us to reflect on. What you know? What is it? 
what is this new life that God reveals to us in Jesus Christ? And, and how sure and certain is he uh, in the midst of so much which is uncertain? What a, what a great place in which we might find contentment. Uh, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I give you great thanks um, for those who are gathered here today and pray that your love and your grace would be poured out upon us in such a way that it would um, draw us to you, but also wonderfully draw us um, to one another in the way that we live lovingly and graciously with one another. And this we ask now in the name of Jesus, your son, in whose name I pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.